Welcome to the Pioneers in Europe podcast, where we discuss life, missions, opportunities, and challenges across Europe. My name is Mark Oshman. I'll be your host today. here today with J.D. Gilmore. J.D. Gilmore serves as the uh, National Director for Acts 29 in Italy, and he's here to tell us a lot about what brought him there, what what God's doing there, and how uh, possibly even you could be a part of that mission. So welcome, J.D. Thanks. Thanks very much. Well, J.D., uh, I've heard through the grapevine just amazing things going on in Italy. And when you think Italy, you don't necessarily think church planning. So will you give us just a little bit of taste of the work that you're involved in in Italy? Yeah, willingly. Um, So Italy is probably by most people known as the land of food and sun and sea and tourism and all the main sites a place you put on your bucket list. You need to see it at least once in your life. And um, generally speaking, even Christians are not really aware of some of the uh, situation here from a, from a Christian, from a spiritual perspective. So they see the, the tourist side of things and they forget that there's a whole other side, which I would define as a darker side to Italy, which is the whole spiritual realm. Um, of course, Italy has been dominated by uh, religion uh, over, the, over the centuries. Uh, much of that is very traditional, very superstitious. Some is very genuine, um, but generally speaking, religion is disconnected from everyday life. In other words, religion is religion, life is life, and the two do not meet. Um, and, and I'd say um, that generally there is a, a great feeling of desperation and helplessness and emptiness, which really defines the, the makeup of Italians. And that's due to a lot of, a lot of things. Uh, part, is the, part of it is the economical situation, which is not really all that good at the moment, so there's not much future. Uh, part of it has to do with um, a kind of a negative um, history, <laughs> which we've had over the years. Uh, Italy's been a land which has been often... Uh, the scene of wars, and it's been dominated uh, by different other countries. And so there is a, a kind of a typical European uh, negativeness which, uh, which pervades Italy. So, so you, you see the sunny side of it when you come, and you see the good ice cream, but then you don't really see what's beneath the surface, which is this great quest for something, for meaning. And so we've become a typical Western country where... The, the values or the lack of values, which are, are typical of Western countries, also are, are, are present in Italy or not present in Italy. And so Italians will just be your average Westerners looking for meaning in life and looking in the usual places, ranging from, uh, from food to enjoyment to, uh, you know, to success to, to money and so on. And, and again, this, this great feeling of emptiness underlines the the whole uh, Italian reality. And so for that reason, um, Italy is very much a land of mission. Because if you take the gospel in its simplest form, uh, you really struggle to find that. You really have to look for it. And we're, we're small as a, as a gospel-centered reality in Italy, and, and certainly very few and far between. Uh, and so for that reason, Italy is very much a, a land of mission. And I think most people don't realize that. Right, right. I've heard that it was said, and, and maybe you told me this in the past, that when the Reformation 500 years ago spread across Europe, it stopped at the at the border of yes. Italy. Uh, and yet, uh, I've also heard that, particularly even through a lot of the work that you're doing, 
uh, there's some positive signs on the horizon. Can you tell us some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, again, uh, Italy is not a land where um, you getting you're getting tremendous swathes of revival. <laughs> Uh, but having said that, it is truly encouraging just to see the things that have been happening in the last few years. So just give a little bit of background. I was born in the UK. You might detect a vague British accent there. And uh, my parents were missionaries here in Italy. In fact, in Sicily, where I'm speaking from right now. They were here 50 years, and uh, they did a, you know, a very much pioneer work and then were part of a local church, leading that local church. And over the years... Um, I, I've seen growing up here, so as, as a Brit having grown up in Italy, I, I arrived when I was three months young or three months old, <laughs> how you want to put that. So I've seen a lot, and, um, and, and certainly from the hardness and the smallness of the early days, I think now there are more glimmers of hope that you can see nationally. So here and there, you see, you see growing encouragement in the gospel. Uh, so you see cities which are... Um, which have at least some gospel presence, some gospel witness. Uh, you see the simplicity of the gospel beginning to shine forth in certain lives. People are beginning to get it. And so increasingly, I'd say the, the, the message of uh, the Bible, the message of Jesus is impacting. Obviously, it's, it's tough because if you talk about uh, Jesus in this context, everybody knows about Jesus. I mean, this is a, a Christian country. But again, the disconnect is it's Jesus in theory, but in practice, it doesn't really affect anything. So I live in the city of Palermo, which is the capital of Sicily. We have a million people here. And this is the, the, the city of mafia, the mafia capital, if you like. 90% of businesses uh, pay protection money. And uh, so, you know, where's the connection between religion? And, and, you know, even thinking of Palermo itself, uh, there are quite a lot of evangelical churches. You wouldn't think that, but um, actually this area of Italy is probably one of the most statistically full area of, uh, of evangelical churches. And yet, hand in hand with the presence of you know, good churches, you get this, uh, this disconnect with uh, everyday life. So we kind of uh, we coexist with uh, illicit crime, and at the same time, then we worship God. And so there's, there's a lot that still needs to be done. But again, I do want to underline that there's a lot of hope, and there's a lot of work still be, to be done, but there's a good basis, I think, and we can continue to move forward. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad to kind of uh, give you a little bit of the picture of what that looks like here in the city as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as the director of uh, Italy Acts 29, what are you seeing? How, how are you encouraging the church plants there? Uh, what's what's going on in Acts 29 Europe? Because I mean, Italy particularly. Because when I look at the Acts 29 Europe uh, map. Looks like Italy is is doing some work there in terms of uh, Acts twenty nine. Yeah, and and we're we're very grateful to God for um, for the help given over the years. We began um, five or six years ago in conversations with Acts twenty nine. Acts twenty nine. There was um, there were two of us, two or three of us. We began conversations, and we felt that this was very much a relevant thing for for this country. And again, it was uh, it was a simple idea to get um, gospel centrality very much at the key of, uh, of local mission, of local churches. 
and um, and so something which would be uh, very much a relevant message for Italy today. And again, the gospel is exactly that. It's such a message of hope, and it's so diametrically opposed to what we call sacramental grace, which is present in, in traditional religion. It's what you do that really defines who you are. Instead, so the gospel is such a, a, a different upside-down story where it's it's not what you do, but it's who Jesus makes you that counts, and it's all of grace. And so to be able to kind of release the Italians from that burden of we're having to do more and more to try and get our way to heaven, maybe, uh, it's certainly a relevant gospel. So it, it was just encouraging to see um, individuals and individual church leaders and some church planters rally around the conviction that, uh, again, the gospel would be the center of a church planting movement, uh, which by God's grace we would see kind of develop in Italy. Now, having said that, um, it's, it's interesting because, of course, we are so small in terms of numbers and size um, that sometimes the mentality is, well, you know, we've got too much to, to, to survive and we can't uh, church plant because we've got to kind of maintain. In other words, we have a small group of people. We've got to kind of feed them. We've got to grow them. We've got to protect them. But very rarely is mission or is missional part of that, that plan and that project. And so as a result, because we're so small, church planting kind of gets shelved because we're not in a position to be able to do it. We don't have enough resources. We don't have enough people. don't have enough finance. don't have enough energy. And so we kind of shelve it. Uh, instead, for us, the perspective is different. Church planting is really the call that the church has. That is God's plan to see uh, churches multiply. It's the church that is actually called to do that. And so um, gradually, although there's not a tremendous vision for church planting, especially amongst nationals who tend, again, to get the sense of smallness and we're, you know, kind of struggling. But now increasingly, I was just with the church uh, last night here in Sicily, and just increasingly there's this vision to reach out and to see church planting as not as something that is undoable, you know, you can never do it, but something which is attainable with God's help and by God's grace. And it's something which really needs to redefine and reshape, you know, the, 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 the face of our churches. And so Acts 29 is just part of that. We're not the only ones. Uh, we're just part of that, trying to encourage churches uh, to, to see their, their purpose as to glorify God in church planting. And so a number of our churches are now in the process of intentionally planting churches and also trying to do all we can to generate and support and sustain um, a culture of church planting so that increasingly our churches are beginning to, they see the, the, the need, they have the vision, and we're beginning to try and put uh, feet onto that and so that it becomes something which we can act on. So there's a lot of encouragement. Yeah, that's very good. I, I know that uh, many, some of your churches, some of the Acts 29 churches uh, also have, have some of our pioneers workers working alongside them. So talk to me about uh, what's the role of someone that maybe is listening uh, from America or elsewhere in Europe or Australia that says, yeah, I'd like to be a part of what God is doing in Italy. What's the role? How does that look? What's the best fit for that? What kind of person uh fits that mold? Well, certainly it's somebody that God has raised up. So um, we, we're very much conscious that, um, so I, I want to be clear, Italy, uh, church planting, mission work, call it what you want, um, evangelism, just getting involved with local churches in Italy is not a, a kind of an easy success story. You don't come here and then, you know, within a, a week you've got everything, you know, resolved. And it, it, it is, it is a call uh, to put it in kind of scriptural terms, it, it is a call to die to a large extent. 
you're, you're kind of, you have no guarantee that, you know, things are going to mushroom and uh, you believe that that's going to happen, but you have to be ready for a lot of spiritual warfare and for quite a lot of oppression. And uh, so I don't want to paint a black picture, but I want to be realistic. So anybody coming from another continent or another context, I, f- I think the first thing is you don't need to come with pre-imposed ideas. In other words, we, I find that over the years, in fact, in the 90s uh, in uh, Italy, we had a, a turnover rate of up to 90% of missionaries would last less than four years. So that was an official kind of statistic which was bandied around in Operation World. But uh, whether it was totally true, I'm not sure, but it certainly paints a picture that often people come under pressure. They come thinking they're the savior. <laughs> they come thinking that they have got the, the model, they've got the methodology, and you know, they're going to come to save Italy and change the culture. And, uh, and frankly, it's, if you're coming with that attitude, well, to be honest, you know, we don't really want that kind of input because it's not helpful because it just creates a lot of distraction. So what we're looking for, I would say, I, I'd say we're, we're actively looking for people who have a, a servant heart, who are conscious of their, uh, their need of God and, and the fact that God is so central in all that is done and, and that he is the secret to church planting and to church growth and to uh, spirituality. It's not my methodology, but it's his, his work through the Holy Spirit. So we're looking for people who are humble, who come with that teachable servant attitude, who are, are, are willing to, uh, to first of all, and, and I, I, I like a lot the, the model in Acts where Paul goes to Athens and the first phase of that, uh, of that story, uh, if you remember, is, is he actually walks through Athens and he observes, and then he's walking on the, on the square and he's talking with people. There's this kind of observation. So we want people who are going to come and they're going to kind of learn the richness of Italy, the history, the culture, uh, you know, there's some wonderful food. And, <laughs> but we're going to learn to appreciate who Italians are and also the darker side. What are some of the idols? In fact, that's what Paul does. He goes, see some of the idols, and then he's able to present the gospel in a relevant way, in culturally sensitive way. But then he goes straight to the point and he really hits the nail on the head. And so what we're looking for, we're not looking for colonialists. We're not coming looking for success stories. We're looking for simple uh, servants who are willing to come, give their lives uh, to see the gospel go forward, to see God's glory come to Italy, and who are willing to learn, who are teachable, who are not coming to sort of just teach, but also willing to learn from the riches of what's already ongoing and to, to really become part of the, the ongoing movement, which is uh, taking shape in Italy. So whether from the States, whether from Australia, from any other part of the world, coming with the right attitude and being open to be led by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit and to walk together with us uh, and, and not just do your own thing, but be part of a, a group, be, be, develop the sense of interdependence there's a lot of scope for that. And we would welcome any kind of, uh, you know, person who really has that type of vision. Right. And, and I, I know that you work with a lot of local national Italians as well. Is, is that an encouragement to, to those pastors to have team members come that don't even speak their language or how, how does that dynamic play out? Obviously, the language is, a, is, a, is an issue. Um, if you want to have an effective long-term ministry, uh, and I think that is what you need to be shooting for, um, it's, it's something long-term. You can come for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, that's good. You get an experience. You can do some good. But really, we're looking for people who are going to commit long-term as well. Um, so obviously, language is, is an important element. However, over the years, I've come to the conclusion 
uh, having met many, many missionaries, some of whom don't have brilliant language, and yet whose heart is so passionate to do God's will. And there's so much in the, the work there that they're kind of, they're moved by the need and moved by uh, the desire to do what God wants them to do. And so <laughs> it's paradoxical, but language becomes secondary. Um, so, so in other words, as people come in, um, again, it's more the attitude rather than the competencies. So that I'm not trying to say that, you know, just come, you know, anybody and it doesn't really matter what you do and what you don't do. No, there is, it is important to, to connect and to, to gel and to, uh, network into a, into an existing reality. And sometimes to be honest, sometimes it's not easy on both sides. In other words, the national church receiving a cross-cultural missionary has to adapt somewhat. The cross-cultural missionary has to adapt to the local national scene and a different way of doing things and stop making comparisons with the way it is back home in the U.S. or Australia. You know, back at home, it's like this. Well, that's fine, but this is Italy. It's a different reality. But if there's that kind of that really positive dynamic on both sides, um, again, we're so, we're so needing people who... Uh, are called by God and who are pushed out into the harvest field and who come and who join forces with us, that we would welcome uh, even non-Italian speakers and and then assist, help in in any way we can, to get a person in a, in the right place with the right people, doing the right thing, uh, learning the language, adapting to the culture, coaching, supporting them. Again, we try and do you know, things uh, at every level so that the cross-cultural worker here doesn't get just isolated and, and is left on his own. That's very good. So tell me, just as we kind of wrap up here, uh, you, you mentioned the type of person, the, the humble, the, the come-to-be-a-team-player type of person. Uh, what else would you say to the person that's listening to this podcast and says, man, I'd really like to figure out how to how to come alongside or what, what that would actually look like. What, what are the steps you would see for, for someone going in that process to move forward? So the first thing I would say is um, if you have a, a seed of a dream, a hope, an idea, something which begins to beat inside, right now you're listening and you're thinking, man, that would really resonate with where I'm coming from. I, mean, I, I could really see myself in, you know, in a situation, in a cross-cultural situation and getting into the language and new culture and with this passion to reach the 99.5% of Italians who really have no living relationship with Christ. And so, um, you know, if that is beginning to beat inside your heart, you, you pray about it. That's, for me, the first step. You don't just kind of make an impulsive emotional decision and kind of press a button and, and then, you're, you, you know, your life is already signed away. But you're really prayerful about it. You make, a, you make a, a time daily over a period of days. And then I think the second thing is you, you really need to connect with your sending church, with your local church, the community you're part of. Uh, seek wise counsel from, you know, men of God, women of God, who are, you know, who are, are with you, who are walking with you, uh, who can help you process, you know, the what's really, is it just a romanticized idea? Yeah, I want to go to Venice and plant a church. <laughs> or is it something, is it something a bit deeper? So, so get counsel from your church. The third thing I'd say uh, obviously, connect with us. Uh, connect with Italy. Connect directly with the Pioneers team. Connect with uh, others. But but make some kind of connection to get information. In other words, obtain information. Begin a process of 
assessing, of pushing doors, of seeing what opportunities are out there. The fourth thing would be come. And, and when I say come, I don't mean, you know, kind of leave your job, sell all your possessions and, you know, get on the next plane or boat and come over. I'm not saying that. But certainly come and see. So we have, um, you know, we have short-term teams. Uh, we have, I don't know, people who come for a week and they, they, they really come to see. It's almost like a vision trip. There are people who come for maybe a, a month and a half, two months to get a better picture. But we would work with, um, with individuals who really have that sense of, of call and, and they want to commit to that. So you connect with us and then plan on coming. When you come, and this is kind of maybe uh, going forward in the process, but as you come, my recommendation is that you obtain a very broad kind of backdrop in other words, you don't just look at one location and say, okay, here's a location. I want to know more about that. But before doing that, you're looking at the country. You're trying to identify uh, certain elements within the country so that you, you get a, a big picture. I think this, this is key. You get a big picture of a country. You get a big picture of the people, the needs. So uh, what we try and do is we try and expose uh, people who are interested to two or three different locations, maybe four different types of ministry, different types of situation. So you get a big picture backdrop, and against that backdrop, when you then go home, again, you're, you're doing the same process. You're praying about it. You're conferring with wise men and women, and then you're, you're, you're acting on it. You're kind of putting feelers out there. You're connecting with the mission agency. You, you, you're contacting the pioneer's uh, office, and you're saying, you know, there's something growing in, in me, and is there an opportunity? And then um, here's, here's the great thing. God doesn't look for extraordinary people. He looks for ordinary people who he's going to make extraordinary. So what he does is he takes all the passions, the abilities, you know, however banal they seem to you, even making apple pie, you know, can be a tremendous resource for the mission. Uh, if you're able to sing, if you're able to do practical work, if you're able to teach English, that's a very useful one. If you're just, you know, able to, to help with kids, I mean, there's all, uh, you know, people often say, well, what are the greatest needs in Italy? Well, the greatest needs in Italy are everything. You know, there's everything needful. And so take what you have, make it available, and that will be the greatest resource. So certainly, uh, as God kind of says to you and is beginning to move on your heart, and it's like, yeah, there's something more about Italy I need to know. Act on it. And I'd say don't wait until next year, but act on it now. Begin praying about it, seeking counsel, and connecting with us. That's very good. We really uh, appreciate you taking the time today, and hopefully uh, the Lord would just continue to raise up your team and continue to make much of Jesus across Italy. So thanks again for the work you do. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, go to pioneersineurope.com and find out how you can be a part of the mission of planting churches across Europe.